The Real Jar says, will the podcast ever begin? Wowzer, outlook good. All right, there you go. And here we go. Hello, Luke. Hey, listen. On episode 458 of Nintendo Switchcraft, your dream Switch Pro, speed running in place, and Mario and Luigi coming back. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Hi, this is Ralph, and you're listening to Bill, Mr. Forgetful himself, getting distracted by shiny things on Nintendo Switchcraft. Switchcraft, your source for all the Nintendo news that you need to know. I'm Bill. I'm your host, and we have a lot to a lot of stuff to talk about. I have to say, if you were here for the for the live show, then you know how ridiculously distracted by shiny things I was at the beginning of the show. So that was like a perfect thing to play at the beginning. So thank you very much for sending in that voicemail. I appreciate it. This is Switchcraft. It is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp, and you can hang out with us when we do that show. So make sure that you join us. <clears throat> even if even if uh, you're not sure if it's something that you can do, just go to twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp, click the little heart, that's the follow button, and then whenever I go live, you'll get a little notification that lets you know that I'm doing it, and maybe you won't be doing anything right then. Maybe you won't be busy. Maybe you'll be sitting there, and you'll be bored. And you'll be like, I really wish I had something to do. And then this notification will come to your phone, and you'll be like, huh, I can go watch Bill record Switchcraft live. That would be cool. Uh, speaking of watching Bill record Switchcraft, you can you can watch me uh, record Switchcraft after the fact over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Now, this particular episode of Nintendo Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like Ron O. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar by joining the Patreon over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And I want to say a big thank you to all of the Patreons that we already have. Uh, you guys are amazing, and it really, really does help. Uh, now, this show is starting very late, and I have less than a half an hour, so I have got a lot to talk about. I'm going to start with some feedback. You, I, I used to get a lot more feedback uh, when I focused on it um, each episode, so I think I'm going to be bringing it back more. I'm going. I, I really want your feedback. So if you are looking for ways to give me feedback, to ask a question or add something to the show, email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or get a hold of me on Twitter. Twitter is the preferred way, just because it's easier for me to deal with. Uh, but if you go to Twitter and you send me a message, I'm at runjumpstomp on Twitter. You can then use the hashtag Nintendo Switchcraft, Nintendo Switchcraft, the whole thing. Uh, use that hashtag and it will let me know, hey, um, this is for that show because I have a bunch of shows. All right. So listener Scott sent in this email. They said, everyone has their wish lists for a more powerful Switch Pro. However, most of these wish lists would result in a fragmentation of the Switch game market. I know Nintendo has done this before back with the DS, but I feel this was a fluke. And 
a bad idea. For Nintendo to pull such a thing again with the current popularity of the Switch would be dangerous to its success. I don't think it would be wise for Nintendo to do anything that could risk toppling the Switch's current status, which in many ways is still precarious. Uh, So I, I have to say I completely agree with what Scott is saying here. If Nintendo... Um, does what they did with the 3DS line where they brought out the new Nintendo 3DS and then there were games that would only run on the new Nintendo 3DS that bifurcated the market for 3DS games. Now, luckily, most developers looked at the new one and they said, no thanks, we're going to take a pass. We're just going to make games that are supported on the regular 3DS, because that's a huge market, and so few people went in on the new Nintendo 3DS that it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to make our games for this more powerful console and then not not be able to sell them to everybody that already has a 3DS. So uh, what Scott is saying, I completely agree. Now, he goes on to say, uh, here's how the Switch Pro could actually work to provide users an upgrade without fragmenting the game market. Now, I look through his list, and it's a lot of stuff that I've said before, uh, but I'm going to tell you what he said, and then I want to know what you think would make the perfect Switch Pro. And like I said before, there's lots of ways you can get a hold of me. One of those ways is by watching this, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment in the section down below because I read those and uh, I will respond to some of them. Uh, It says here... um, uh, 1080p display, which is an upgrade from 720p. I think that that's a possibility. Um, Many games on Nintendo Switch are already able to run at 1080p when we dock it. However, we only have a 720p screen on the Nintendo Switch, so when we undock it, that's the highest resolution it can run. Now, personally, I think that 720p for that size screen is fine when you're talking about video games, not necessarily for reading text and things like that. That's why resolution on phones is so much higher. But would it be better to be 1080p? I don't know if it'd be better, but it would. I like. I think a lot of people would would like that, uh, and I think that that would help sell a lot of Switch Pros. Uh, so I think that that's a very good thing. Uh, undocked slash portable games would now run as fast as they would when docked. Uh, yes, that's true. This would also eat up more battery. They went on to say an OLED screen. This would have improved colors, improved contrast and battery life. It also allows for a thinner display. So more room inside. I 100% agree with this. However, OLED is more expensive, uh, and that makes it a little more difficult for Nintendo to pull off Uh, something that Nintendo has always done is they have used previously tested technology in new ways. They're not the ones that tend to push the envelope when it comes to horsepower or uh, the newest new shebang stuff. They might use, they, they may come up with innovative ideas, but it's almost always using technology that's been around for a while. That's been what they've done since Mr. Itoy. Uh, So, uh, let's let's move on. Um, increased internal built-in storage. Already trivial since the 32 gigabyte in the original Switch is a removable module. Okay, this I disagree with. I don't think the increasing the uh, internal storage of the Nintendo Switch makes any sense. 32 gigabytes is enough. I, in fact, 
way back before I even started. Um, well, 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 I don't remember what episode it was, but it was probably like episode eight or something like that of this podcast. And it was uh, why 32 gigabytes is enough. And I'm going to summarize that really quick. Um, the more internal storage you have, the more expensive it's going to cost. When you can just give us the ability to decide how much storage we want by giving us an SD card, there's no point in adding in uh, more than 32 gigabytes of storage. I just really don't think there is. Uh, it's so cheap to buy an SD card to get ridiculous amounts of storage. And if you, if you, you dear listener, if you decide that you don't need more than 32 storage, now you are paying for things that you don't want and, or need. And at the end of the day, nobody wants to do that. So I think that personally, I don't think that that's needed, uh, especially when we have SD cards. Um, improved battery life. I think that you would likely have, uh, I'm, I'm going back to uh, the email here. Uh, they, they're saying improved battery life. I would love improved battery life. Not likely to happen if you're increasing the resolution from 720 to 1080. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Improved kickstand. Oh my God. Yes. In fact, I have to say the Microsoft Surface, I bought one for my daughter when she started college and the Microsoft Surface has this kickstand that is just, it is absolutely amazing. It is a fantastic uh, little feat of engineering. It's just great. Yeah. See what I did there? Feet. Um, the, the kickstand on the switch is terrible, absolutely terrible. And there's no reason for it to be this tiny little bit when it could be the whole bottom half of the back of the console. And then it would be super, super, uh, super steady. In fact, let's look, I have an iPad. I use my iPad every single day. I love this thing. I would love it more if it had that surface style kickstand uh because that kickstand is amazing in fact jay harley 17 in chat says the surface kickstand is goat and i, I i'm not up on the lingo because i'm an old man but i'm assuming that goat means game of all time which means really good i think that's what they mean when they say that if i'm wrong chat will let me know all right a more durable case perhaps a magnesium alloy i don't see nintendo moving away from plastic. Um, Nintendo's always been about plastic, and I just don't see uh, that happening. Uh, Bluetooth headset support. For crying out loud, Nintendo, I don't understand why you do not have Bluetooth headset support in the Nintendo Switch. It makes zero sense to me. It should be built in already. Um, upgraded Joy-Cons with proper D-pads. I think that that should be something that should be optional, that you can buy uh, from Nintendo uh, um, a uh, a Joy-Con that has D-pads. You know what I mean? And you should be able to use that on the Switch or the Switch Pro. I think that that would be an improvement for, I would say, probably 80% of the people out there. I'm guessing not very many people actually take off the Joy-Cons and play them where, where uh, you know, uh, Jimbo's sitting next to me and they've got a little tiny Joy-Con and I'm sitting there with a little tiny Joy-Con. I just don't think that happens very often. 
And I would really like the ability to have a D-pad, a more traditional D-pad. Now, that being said, if you've listened to Nintendo Switchcraft for any length of time, and of course you have because you're awesome, um, you know that I am a huge fan of the D-pad on the the Joy-Cons. I think it's fantastic. But I know a lot of people are not huge fans of it. So give us the ability to buy a, a an official Nintendo Switch uh, Joy-Con with a real D-pad on it. And this also brings me to one more point. The Joy-Cons for the Nintendo Switch and the uh, rumored Switch Pro, those need to be the same size. Those need to be interchangeable. I need to be able to grab a, a Joy-Con from my Switch and slide it on the side of my Switch Pro and vice versa. That's, for me, that is a 100% deal breaker. If it's not, then I think Nintendo is just so very wrong. Um, themes. This is uh, what um, what our listener, what's his name again, Scott said. Uh, he said, themes. My thinking here, perhaps Nintendo has avoided themes for so many years because doing so would result in performance issues in the UI. I disagree. Um We've we've had themes on the 3ds and it's been fine and on, on, on it's it's just pictures it's just pictures and I think that pictures aren't going to slow down the UI very much at all. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say so with an upgraded CPU, perhaps then this would no longer be a concern. I am not, however, convinced that the current Switch could not handle themes. If it can run full 3D game, then what then then when not playing a game, it can certainly handle the themes in the home menu. Once a game loads, the UI theme is unloaded and no longer running. All right, well, Scott, I think that most of the things that you said are great ideas, uh, so thank you very much. I've kind of talked about this a bunch in the past, but I want to know what everybody else thinks. So if you're watching YouTube, in the comment section down below, let me know what what do you think would be your must-haves. What is going to make you upgrade to a Switch Pro? Uh, if you're listening to it, obviously get a hold of me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. And let's take a minute and hear from a sponsor. And when we're done, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the news for today. Stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back. Um, speed running in place. <laughs> this is funny. Look, if there's if there's a game that can be speed run, then speedrunners are going to run it. That's just the way it is. People are going to try and beat any game that they can as fast as they possibly can. And that goes for um, 
Ring Fit Adventure as well. Ring Fit Adventure, this comes to us from vice.com. Uh, apparently, people are are trying to speed run that game. Now, uh, it says here, on December 15th, a player in Tokyo, Japan, calling themselves Sakanyan, uh, turned on their Switch and started playing Ring Fit Adventure. Um, for most people, a session with Ring Fit Adventure lasts somewhere between 15 minutes to an hour. Uh, depending on when you collapse into a pool of sweat... Uh, this player was not engaging in some light exercise, however, but attempting to pull off the first world record run for playing through all of Ring Fit Adventure's surprisingly long story mode in one sitting. It took them 18 hours of, in here it says nonstop exercise. Now, if you've played Ring Fit Adventure, then you know that uh, there's there's downtime between the exercises without a doubt however doing it for 18 hours is pretty crazy and i love the i love the idea that people are doing this now the the thing about if you've ever played a game on um on a nintendo system which if you're listening to this show you probably have you know that they like you to take breaks you know i remember playing on the wii and in every like 15 minutes or so a thing would come up and it'd be like hey you want to try going outside for a little while, uh, and that 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 kind of thing always happens, and it happens in uh, Ring Fit Adventure as well. Like it's this game, and and you're doing some exercise, and it says, "Hey, why don't you take a break? You don't want to overexert yourself." And of course, they do this because they don't want to get sued by somebody who uh, kills themselves through like some kind of heart attack from overworking themselves. Should you? be a, uh, a ring fit adventure speed runner unless you are in great shape probably not that's a lot of exercise to do all at once obviously if uh if you want to get the world record then the best way to get the world record is to be the first person to do it so this guy is the first person to do it and i'm sure that somebody is always going to be one upping them if you ever go on twitch um First off, when you get there, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, hashtag ad. Uh, but if you ever go on Twitch, you're always going to see uh, people there speedrunning games. They're they're playing these games nonstop, trying to get better and better and better. And <laughs> I can't imagine, like, can you imagine do, uh, doing this and, and getting to, like, hour 18 and not being the one to beat, uh, to beat this time? Uh, but people are going to be doing this. If you are going to do it, make sure that you talk to a doctor first. Make sure that you tell them what you're up to, and they'll probably try and talk you out of it because 18 hours of exercise straight uh, seems like a bad idea. Um, but anyway, you know, more power to them. All right. Speaking of things that I think are a bad idea, not really. Um, I just think that there's better ideas. Uh, Nintendo Life uh, posted this. They said that there's a new trademark that suggests that Mario and Luigi series is making a comeback. Uh, so basically, they got this from a, a website called Let's Let's Go Digital dot org, and um, it says here Nintendo Mario and Luigi trademark description computer game cartridges, game memory cards, computer game software, etc. Um, they're renewing the trademark on Mario and Luigi. Now, if you haven't played the Mario and Luigi games, what they are are basically these cool little RPG games like um, almost like an action-y uh, turn-based RPG 
where you go in and everything's turn-based, but when enemies attack you, you have a you have to push a button, and when you are attacking enemies, you have to push a button in order to get the timing right for bonus damage or to avoid damage from the enemy. And they were very popular. Uh, well, they started out very popular on the 3DS, uh, and over time, or maybe it was the DS. Yeah, I think it started out on the DS. But over time, they got less and less popular until the most recent one just did not sell very well. Of course, part of that was because the Nintendo Switch was out and it was almost like a remake of a previous one. But what I would prefer to see than a Mario... Because I've played the Mario and Luigi games and they're fun. They're fun games. Their they're writing is goofy and funny. The, um, the gameplay itself is pretty damn good. Um... But overall, what I would prefer to see is a game that is more like Super Mario RPG or Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door than Luigi and Mario or Mario and Luigi like that, that particular uh, thing coming back. Now, the company, uh, which I believe is Alpha Dream, is uh, that, that was making these Mario and Luigi games, they folded. They're no longer in business anymore. So Nintendo renew renewing this, like people are going to see this and, there, and a lot of people are going to say, aha, Nintendo is, is going to be making these games again. Not necessarily. Anytime that a patent or trademark or whatever this is, um, is it a, tra- a trademark, anytime a trademark gets renewed, the whole reason for it to get renewed, whether you're going to use it or not, is to make sure that nobody else can use it. So Nintendo continuously updates trademarks and then does nothing with them. So this isn't actually an indicator that we're going to get another one of those games. However, I wouldn't be surprised if we did. What would surprise me more is if we got uh, another Paper Mario game that was like the Thousand Year Door or a sequel to Super Mario RPG, which is actually made by Square. Um, Those two things would surprise me a lot more than getting a new uh, Mario and Luigi game, but I would prefer those other things to happen to this. Anyway, uh, I just don't get too excited about it because it's still unlikely to happen, especially since Alpha Dream is kaput. All right, uh, Nintendo Life. I think the last one was from Nintendo Life, so we got two Nintendo Life stories today. This one I love. I love this story. Hypercharge Unboxed, which if you don't know, is this cool first-person shooter that is uh, based on toys. So you are like army men or something like that. And it, it, you know, it takes that whole honey, I shrunk the kids vibe and it shrinks you down to the size of a toy and you're running around playing a shooter in that particular setting, which is really cool. I always find this kind of thing interesting. The thing that, that really got me excited about this is that the developer of the game said, hey, guess what? We are not going to have microtransactions. We're not going, or I'm sorry, loot boxes. We're not going to have loot boxes and we're not going to have pay to win. And for those two things, I think that they have almost 100% guaranteed that I'll end up buying this game. This game looks really cool. Um, If you want to see what it looks like, check out the show notes. Uh, There's a link there that will take you to the article that I'm looking at and you can see uh, what, uh, what the game looks like, but the game looks really cool. And the idea that they don't have loot boxes and they don't have pay to win, 
I think is fantastic. Now, I have to say this. Here's another game that doesn't have loot boxes and doesn't have pay to win, and that would be Fortnite, right? So Fortnite makes a lot of money. Does that mean Bill thinks that their monetization model is perfect? Absolutely not. Um, I think that Fortnite's monetization model is highly predatory, mostly because they have these skins that are available for very short periods of time. So people look at that and they're like, oh, I have to buy this now or it's going to go away. And that incentivizes people to spend money when they otherwise probably shouldn't. Like if they took their time to think about it, they would probably sit back and say, oh, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need that. But because everything is timed and you are in a rush to get it before it's gone out of the store, I think it forces people, forces isn't the right word. I think it manipulates people to be a little more impulsive than they otherwise would be. And I think that that's a bad thing, especially when it's a game that is definitely targeted at kids. So just because Hypercharge Unboxed doesn't have loot boxes and doesn't have uh, pay to win does not necessarily mean that it's going to have the perfect monetization scheme. And I use that word scheme uh, on purpose because I feel like that's what Fortnite has going on. They tricked me for a while. I thought, hey, no loot boxes, no pay to win. That's the way to go. But then the more I thought about it, the more I felt like it was kind of dirty and I didn't like it. So hopefully Hypercharged Unbox doesn't do the same thing that uh, Fortnite was, is doing with theirs. All right, last thing before we get out of here. Uh, it says here, Nintendo, uh, this one comes to us from Nintendo Everything. Uh, it says, Nintendo has more updates planned for Super Mario Maker 2. That's really all that it says in this article. There, And I use the word article loosely. N nothing against Nintendo Everything. There's just very little information here. Uh, but it says, Nintendo is not finished with its plans for Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, tucked away inside a Japanese post regarding the recent Zelda-related edition, which... I kind of have forgotten about, and I never got around to trying out, and I feel bad about that. That's definitely something I need to try out, but I don't have time. I got Pokemon to play. Anyway, uh, a note was included mentioning that there are still updates planned for the game. I think that that's awesome. I'm looking forward to more. Uh, my Here's my wish, everybody. Here's my number one wish for Super Mario Maker 2. I want to be able to play Super, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2-inspired levels. Remember Super Mario Brothers 2? You could play as Mario, as Luigi, as Peach, um, uh, or Princess Toadstool at the time, or as Toad. Like those were the characters you could play as. And, and um, Toad couldn't jump very well, but he was super strong, so he could dig real fast. Peach could float, or Toadstool, um, Princess Toadstool could float across the screen for a little bit. Luigi could jump way higher, but he was really kind of slidey in the way that he played. And then Mario was just kind of all around in the middle. I love that game. That game is one of my favorite games of all time. If you're watching the video right now, you can see Super Mario Brothers 2, a boxed copy sitting on the shelf behind me. I love that game. And I would love it if Super Mario Maker 2 introduced Super Mario Brothers 2 uh, tile sets so people could make games like that. But the game played wildly different 
than any other Mario game in the past. But hey, the Zelda stuff that got added plays wildly different than any other Mario game in the past. So I think it is a possibility, and I really, really hope it happens. Um, I think... I, Johnny Link is calling me a liar in chat. He says, I don't think Toad actually digs faster. I think he does. You can be wrong if you want to, sir. Although, if there's anybody that I know that knows more about retro games than me, it's Johnny Link. So maybe I'm wrong about that. But I feel like he dug faster than everybody else. Anyway, uh, we're going to get more stuff from Super Mario Maker 2. Who knows what it's going to be, but I hope it comes soon. And uh, I'm going to have to check out the... Um, uh, I'm going to have to check out the Zelda stuff because I kind of forgot about that. J Harley 17 in chat says he doesn't have to lift it as high so it appears faster. Maybe that's too funny. All right, everybody, we're at we're coming up on the 30 minute mark. So I got to wrap up the show. Uh, become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. There's over a thousand people in the discord. So make sure that you join and uh, get in there and say hi and uh, be awesome like everybody else that's in there. Uh, you can watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, just like Jay Harley, Joel Mead, jo- uh, The Real Jar, Johnny Link, Fisto, and more. Uh, and this show is, pro- is brought to you, I'm sorry, is part of, not brought to you by, this show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information about the other shows on the network, make sure that you go to gstu.net. Uh, they've got a lot of movie stuff over on that uh, website, so make sure you check those guys out. And finally, if you want to support the show, buy a t-shirt. I've got t-shirts that you can buy. Go to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. I've got a bunch of uh, shirts. I got a brand new shirt that shows my new Nintendo Switchcraft logo, which if you're watching on the YouTube channel, where is it? It's right there. And uh, if you're listening to it, you can just look at the show art on your phone. Um, I got a new shirt that has that logo, so please do me a favor, check that out. Now, the music that you're hearing right now is Carnarius Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. It's awesome. Thank you all for hanging out with me. I will see you next time. Until then, bye-bye! Bye-bye.